This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense is powered by Sun Life Malaysia. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance and I'm Wong Xiaoning. A while back, we spoke about what are the pros and cons of being a retail investor and what kind of mindset you should have. So today we speak with Bursa Malaysia on the knowledge and tools available to start investing. Joining me to discuss this is Stephanie Tan, Head of Investor Strategy and Development at Bursa Malaysia. Thank you for joining us this morning, Stephanie. Now, can we just get some 101s in terms of how much a retail segment continues to be a contributor to the local stock exchange on Bursa Malaysia? Thank you very much, Shaoning, for having me here on, um, B- on BFM. So if you look at uh, Bursa Malaysia, our local retail market actually has remained to be a very significant contributor to the exchange. And of course, one of the core pillars that we have in the exchange. The segment contributes to about 26.3% to our overall ADV year-to-date January 2024. Of course, while 2020 and 2021 actually saw the highest retail trading levels of about 1.2 to 1.4 billion, um, retail investors have actually remained resilient. Um, if you look at the trading in 2023, it was about 550 million. Year-to-date, January 2024, it's gone up to about 840 million. Uh, that still remains above the pre-COVID level averages of about 400 million. Yeah. Um, I mean, for us in, in the exchange, of course, investor diversity is crucial. Um, retail investors are always needed to provide liquidity and price discovery. Uh, and in fact, I think during the pandemic, if the retail investors actually provided cushion to our market, uh, especially in 2021, when both foreign and local institutional investors were net sellers uh, in the market, we had retail buying in the market. So, so I think, you know, that remains a very core focus and important to Busa Malaysia. Yeah. Okay, so there is a bit of confusion or maybe the word is misconception that you do need a lot of money to start investing. Really, is that the case? And what is the cost to start? So I think the perception of uh, significant capital, you know, required is probably fueled by, you know, portrayals that or high net worth individuals are making substantial gains, you know, that, that creates an inflated sense of entry barrier. Uh, but, um, okay, if you look at our retail segment, Digital channels actually uh, dominate retail trading so that they have about 70% of our orders in 2023 are actually via online uh, trading. And if you look at the the cost to come in, the cost of transaction for a retail investor or any investor for that matter, if you look at, so there's three parts. Yeah, One is brokerage fees. Mm-hmm. On average, it's about 0.08% um, of, of, of uh, brokerage fees. Then you have stamp duty fees of about 0.1%. And then you have clearing fees of about 0.03%. So just use an example. So that's about 0.21%. So an example, $10,000 investment that translates to a transaction costs about 21 uh, ringgit. So... The, the but perceived that's buying and then if you ultimately sell also, isn't it? Both yeah, ways. Correct. Yeah, both ways. But essentially, um, of course, you know, the stamp duty is capped at about 1000 per contract note. So, of course, with larger investments, the cost proportionally goes lower. I, I think Busa Malaysia is very cognizant about, about the fact that we want to make 
investment accessible and easy and easy yeah and uh, to democratize investments that's why we are you know we 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 actively address the challenges by implementing initiatives like the reduced stamp duty from 0.15% to 0.1%. Okay, but I I'll, I still need a brokerage account, right? It just has to be online. And I suppose nowadays you can just do it with the click of a few buttons. Yeah. The paperwork shouldn't be complicated anymore. Yeah, no, not at all. I think all you need is a CDS account and, mm. a, and, a, and a trading account, which you can open uh, from Busa Anywhere, uh, our app, or you can open via a brokerage, okay. um, a broker, yeah. And ultimately, what else is, what are the other resources available on Bursa Malaysia to facilitate greater retail participation? Sure. Um, so at Bursa Malaysia, we have come up with a host of initiatives, one of which is Bursa Academy. So Bursa Academy uh, has um, a lot of e-learning materials uh, catered across equities, derivatives, Islamic markets. Um, it also has personalized sort of uh, e-learning webinars that caters for beginners, intermediates or you know, advanced investors. And um, with all these e-learnings and, and uh, materials, it also has a trading simulator to allow um, you know, a retail investor to learn about trading. You can pretend to be Warren Buffett for the day. Correct. You can pretend to be Warren Buffett without actually, you know, having to put your money in. <laughs> yeah. So so we have tools like Busa Academy. Um, we have uh, under Busa Marketplace, we have a mirror learn and trade. So this is actually for where we have licensed analysts actually on the platform, um, putting up their portfolios and allowing for, you know, retail investors to sort of um, learn and, mm. and, and mirror and trade. Yeah, so you have these tools. Um, we have recently also announced um, this pl- new platform called Bursa Reach. Yeah, so Bursa Reach essential essentially, in short, we call it uh, in long, we call it Remisier Acquisition Hub. So essentially, you have um, a pool of uh, young Remisiers coming into the platform, putting in their model portfolios, and allowing the investor to connect directly with them to learn about their trading strategies as well. Clearly, all this is free, right? There's no charges? Yeah, all free. So, for Bursa Malaysia, how much emphasis is there on education and research then? I suppose it's quite significant in terms of of the even the spend that y'all y'all put up to educate Malaysians. Definitely, I mean, um, we have this program called the Busa Rise Program. So that's the research incentive scheme program, mm. uh, where we we are cognizant that you know uh, there are some uh, companies and PLCs that are uh, probably not very accessible to investors. Yeah. Uh, as an, as a result of that, Busa is taking on the lead to actually incentivize certain research houses to write research on under-researched companies. Yeah, yeah. I notice uh, more and more of that, actually. So yeah. you're trying to, in a way, platform the, the perhaps some would say, gems, unknown gems. Correct, correct. Exactly, exactly. We want to profile the unknown gems, the good companies, but, you know, uh, maybe they are, they, are, they are just starting up. They don't know how to profile themselves to investors. So we want to profile more of them. Um, mm. And especially, I think, those that are, you know, within certain attractive sectors like tech, you know, and, and, and new technology and things like that. Yeah. But with the internet, so it is useful, helpful. But at the same time, we also find that there are lots of self-proclaimed investment gurus on social media right, yeah. telling us what to buy, what to sell. Clearly, how should we <laughs> navigate this? Yeah, sure. No, I think, I think um, we need to be clear that, you know, it, there's not, not, nothing is free out there. Mm. Um, if it's too good, uh, too good to be true, it probably is, um, you, you know. So I think we need to be very mindful um, that, uh, you know, that before we make our investments to actually do enough research 
um, all the materials you can find, you know, whether it's via your broker house or go to Busa's websites, Busa Academy and um, all the research materials that we have uh, to learn about investing. And I think just be careful of, um, you know, certain, uh, not, not listen to basically uh, what you hear outside in terms of price fluctuations and things like that, but, but focus more on the core fundamentals and look at where your investment appetite lies, what is your risk, mm. um, and, and, and invest according to your goal horizons, whether, you know, you, you want to be more long-term, short-term, but, but, but be careful also on scams, right? Yeah. So um, there are a lot of scams. Scams can be of all formats and forms, um, whether it's job scams, love scams, investment scams. But I think, I think Busa Malaysia does, together with SC and Bank Negara, also send out regular scam warnings over social media. And of course, always check before investing. You know, Securities Commission has a SC investor alert list. Busa Malaysia, you know, you can contact us at busa to you and or the National Scam Response Centre. Okay, because really, actually, investments and all the parties involved, be it mm. the brokers, yep. uh, fund managers, it's actually a highly regulated industry, isn't it? Yes. So, Stephanie, mm. tell me, who is actually really allowed to provide investment ideas or yep. uh, in Malaysia? And what qualifications must they have? Because otherwise, anyone can go on the website and just write, oh, buy this stock, buy yeah, that stock. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, you need to be a licensed research analyst with the SC, so you need to have completed the modules um, that, that, that SC has uh, prescribed to mm. you, depending on whether you are an investment advisor or um, or a fund manager. So there will be different modules, but you need to be licensed, a licensed research analyst or a licensed fund manager. And also attached to a licensed outfit, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. You need to be also um, li- uh, attached and basically sponsored lah by a... Okay, so that's another way of checking, right? Whether they are, you know, whether the advice they give, they're qualified to give advice in the first place. Yes, that's right. Okay, but most of us have a have a full time day job, and you know, some of us are we want to participate, we want to buy stocks, but we just don't have the time. We end up being part time investors. Uh, how do we overcome this issue then? Um, so I think I think you the frequency of monitoring your investments of course depends on your investment goals. Mm. Um, so if you for for a more uh, long term investor, your goals would be more focused on company growth, long term returns. Um, so you may not be monitoring it as much um, in a sense that you know you'll be monitoring quarterly earnings reports to assess performance and how it would influence your decision to hold or sell stocks. But of course, if you're a more of a short-term investor or an intraday trader, which is actually um, when we look at our retail uh, sort of investor personas at Busa Malaysia, we actually see that um, historically, our retail investors were mainly core fundamentalists. Um, I mean, at least they took up majority of the retail mm. demography. Uh, but as we moved into COVID, obviously, uh, COVID era, obviously we had more intraday short-term traders. But that has actually stayed, uh, surprisingly, now. Um, if we look at our profile now, um, it's still uh, high in terms of the demography of short-term investors and intraday traders. So the goal, of course, of this segment is to actively seek for near-term gains, capitalize on market fluctuations. But of course, again, um, do your research uh, and, and, and make 
wise decisions based on you know fundamentals. But frequent monitoring would be more necessary for short-term investors to track price movements and reacting to opportunities. So I guess it go it boils down to you as an investor, what kind of stocks you have in, in your portfolio yes, yeah. and your investment goals. Uh, yeah. All that needs to tie in to determine how often you need to review your portfolio. But I think the important thing is you should always take a stance that this is a learning process and I need to keep up to date with the investor education. I need to read up, right? It's, yeah. it's not like buy the stock and then forget about it forever and ever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I've been speaking to Stephanie Tan, Head of Investor Strategy and Development and Bursa Malaysia on the resources available to be a better retail investor. We'll be taking a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. BFM 89.9. Stay tuned for Ringgit and Cents, powered by Sun Life Malaysia. BFM 89.9, welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents. I'm Wong Xiaoning. Today, we're discussing what are the tools offered by Bursa Malaysia to be a better retail investor. Joining me is Stephanie Tan, Head of Investor Strategy and Development at Brissa Malaysia. Stephanie, I want to go back to that profile that you mentioned. So you said a lot of them are day traders almost, right? But I also know that the data shows us that the average retail investor is older. Yeah. <laughs> so how is Bursa attracting a younger group of investors? Yeah, yeah this is indeed true. Um, if you look at our... Uh, uh, trading participation, yeah. So actually, seventy percent, yeah, of our trading participation is actually by uh, individuals forty-five years old and above, yeah, seventy okay. percent. So that that leaves about only thirty percent being the youth of, of course, eighteen, uh, being the minimum age of for investing, uh, to that forty-four years old, right? Uh, what is Busan Malaysia doing to attract uh, the youths? Okay, one very interesting initiative which we've just come up. Quite recently, we've just launched it. In fact, uh, it's called the Bermond Trader. Yeah. So this is after how do we name Bermond Trader? Mm. It's after Pokemon, right? So we call it <laughs> Bermon. Yeah. So Busamon. So it's actually our Busa Monsters. Yeah. Uh, do check it out. A uh, bit of a plug here, but essentially, uh, what Bermond Trader is all about is, uh, you know, the Bermonds or the the monsters are essentially your stocks. Yeah. Then there's a sanctuary where these monsters stay. So essentially, that's your portfolio. Okay. Yeah? This game is basically tailored for the 8 to 14 year olds. Or oh, 8 to 14 yeah, years 8 old. 8 to 14 years right. old. To, so to this is more awareness, is it? Correct. Than yeah, it's else. more awareness and teaching financial literacy at a very young age. Okay. Um, so that, you know, as they reach the 18 year old mark, then they can, you know, be quite well versed or at least they, they know about the stock market, right? So we want to target them young. Yeah. And we want to also use the concept of pastor power. So what I mean by pastor power is for the the kid to be interested in uh you know for instance the stock market or interested in playing this game to learn about financial literacy and the parents um you know obviously with the child being interested the parents also kind of need mm. to be interested to teach the child so you kind of grow you know both of them so it's a family activity it's a family activity yeah that's right that's right and I think it's also to demystify all the, you know, the concept that stock investing uh, is very um, complicated, very complex. So in Berm- in Bermond Trader, the game, we use uh, very, like, we, we basically took out all the stock jargons and things like that, keep it simple. And basically, you have, uh, you know, the kids uh, trading on these monsters, right? And, and, and for them to kind of uh, identify what price... Sh- uh, their 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 Bermonds would be. They need to do enough research, uh. you know, and, and then you know that would then um, allow them to make decisions as to whether to buy the Bermond. Uh, and then in between, they would be flashed with 
many events that could be happening, right? So it could be... So like as if like a, a macroeconomic data yeah. or bad news from the company, for yeah, example. Yeah, so but of course in a, in a kid-friendly way. Okay. Yeah, so, so then, you know, with that, then they have to make the decisions, oh, whether should I sell, should I buy more? Has there been good take-up for this? Yeah, yeah. We have actually gotten about 10,000 players mm. uh, playing this game. Is uh, there a good price? It. Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, at the same time though, investing is global. So I think for especially the millennial investor, all right? Yeah. Um, sometimes they, they, you know, opportunities are available on with just a click of few buttons. In a way, you, you're competing for people's money, for their mm. eyeballs against Japanese and even US equities, which now you can do online. And even for some, you know, of these brokers that are actually licensed here in Malaysia. In terms of uh, competing with other exchanges, I think we have to go back to what Busa has to offer. So I think right now, um, Busa has offered, we are, we are pivoting uh, into a multi-asset exchange. We want to offer more to our customers. Mm. Uh, so one of which, which we have um, just launched recently is this Busa Gold Dinner. Uh, so Busa Gold Dinner is essentially um, allowing for investments uh, as, as low as 10 ringgit. You can buy gold. Um, at, a, at, at lower transaction costs. So you have things like that. Uh, we are also, we've just also launched uh, this portal called MyBusa, which is be more direct to customers. So we know our retail investor more. We want to target this retail investor. So the MyBusa portal is essentially a personalized dashboard where a retail investor can come in, choose what you want to learn uh, about the stock market and then be uh, you know, and then and then see what mm. you need to see, right? So it's a, it's a basically centralized platform. Aggregator, yeah, almost correct. It's a bit it's a bit of an aggregator, uh, and and I think Malaysia has many opportunities to offer. Um, I think for a retail investor, uh, if you look at our market, of course we've been doing very uh, doing well, mm. and if you look at uh, analyst consensus as well, uh, they are also quite bullish on the market. So look at opportunities, right? Tourism recovery. Uh, you have the renewable energy transition. You have a lot of FDIs coming into Malaysia. So there's a lot of opportunities for various different stocks that you want to uh, look at, you know, um, that not only, this is not only for FBM KLCI, but also the, for the FBM small cap indices as well. Bursa Malaysia, if we look at the, the year to date, we talked about it, it's been pretty good, the performance, but it's also been pretty volatile. And we did see some counters hitting limits up and then limits down in the first few weeks of January. How, how, should, how has Bursa Malaysia been handling this and what should retail investors take away from this episode? Sure. So I think, I mean, of course, um, Busa Malaysia continues to conduct surveillance on any of the corporate transactions, as well as real-time monitoring of all trading activities to ensure the market is traded fairly and in an orderly manner. On, on that front, I think it's also evidence, right, as that, that Busa Malaysia has been closely observing all market developments where, you know, there, there has been, you know, a lot of recent issuance of multiple uh, unusual market activity queries, right, following certain abrupt and unexplained drop in share prices uh, of several counters. But of course, uh, the market always experiences um, ebb and flow, uh, mm. you know. Uh, but, but, I mean, one thing to caution is that investors need to be cautious, uh, especially when trading counters that have been enjoying, you know, sharp rise in share prices over a short period without a valid fundamental reason. Yeah, without suddenly a jump in earnings, right, yeah, for example. Yeah, yeah, without a jump in earnings, that's mm. right. Um, and without the right valuations as well. So I think counters that trade at this unrealistic valuation, we need to be mindful that they tend to be followed by market correction, yeah. So they, this would then cause a steep fall in the, in the share prices. So as such, I think investors need to continually to look at the fundamental of stock 
rather than any sentiment on buy, on family and friends recommendations. And look at ratios, right? Key ratios mm. like PE, return on equity, net debt over equity, earnings growth, right? Um, and, uh, and, and utilize the investor education materials that Busan Malaysia has to offer to make your investment decisions. On that note, thank you for your time. Uh, I've been speaking to Stephanie Tan, Head of Investor Strategy and Development at Bursa Malaysia. Join us again next week on Ringgit and Sense for more discussions on personal finance. We have the 10am news bulletin coming up next, followed by my colleagues at Enterprise. I'm Wong Shaoling from The Morning Run, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense was powered by Sun Life Malaysia. Insure to ensure today. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.